episode 133 of the weird science marvel comics podcast i'm jim this is the spotlight slash weekday slash extravaganza non-brandon show i don't know what you want to call it but whatever you call it and that's what it is i want to tell you before we go on into the two books i'm going to talk about tonight where you can find us on the internet go over to twitter at ws marvel comics where if you follow us we'll follow you back you can dm me once you follow us i'll talk to you we can have a grand old time discussing comics cereal blood sport i don't mind we can talk it all football especially the eagles i'm talking american football but i could even talk a little premier league if you want to get in that uh that's about as far as my quote-unquote soccer knowledge goes but if you also want to go and see our reviews you can go over to weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com the website where we do review almost every marvel comic every week and those reviews drop on wednesday new comic book day around 9 a.m eastern standard time and those reviews are not all done by me or brandon rarely are they done by brand brand's coming back in a big way this week he's gonna have two reviews on the website and mainly because i grabbed a bunch of books to review and i grabbed too many my eyes were bigger than my hands if that makes sense so i asked brandon if he wanted to do something he seems inspired uh so yeah there's a whole crew of people over there doing reviews so you get a lot of differing opinions which i think is a cool thing i know some people don't like that but i do and you can go over there like i said on wednesday 9 a.m eastern standard time those start to drop but another place you can find us at is our patreon we have a patreon at patreon.com slash weird science we can go to support us but i'm not into saying that it's to keep the lights on in fact right now i have the lights off i prefer the lights being off in case a mirror comes by i don't want to see myself i'm not a handsome man so i don't really need to do that but also i i think that it is one of those things it's silly to say hey can you give us money for this podcast and get nothing back i like to give more shows and i think that's one of the things if you're going to support a podcast you kind of like the podcast so what you do is you get more of the podcast you get different podcasts different shows and what we do over at the patreon is have usually up to 30 different episodes a month of varying podcast a ton of comic stuff including marvel comic stuff but we have non-comic stuff as well one of the big things that we do each and every week is have a marvel spotlight a marvel patreon spotlight and that is last week picked by the bad butts of the fresh start crew and it was atlantis attacks number one and guardians of the galaxy number one they picked uh two pretty big books guardians being the bigger one uh me and brandon were pretty positive on both of them so if you 
you want to hear that, go over to the Patreon. Now, there's another thing coming up. Next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, is a fifth Wednesday of the month. Now, that only happens a couple times a year. When it does happen, though, over on the DC side of things, we have the show as a Patreon only that week. Usually DC, though, they have an annuals week. You get a couple annuals. You don't have a lot of books. Well, we're going to start doing that for the Marvel show as well. It be a little inspiration for you to go check out the Patreon. So both shows next week, episodes 135 and 136, will be on the Patreon only. If you want to listen to that, you go and sign up. Now, if it's not your thing, you can just pretend we took a week off. You can pretend that Brandon got drunk, he ended up passing out, and I got upset and didn't have the show. So you can just pretend that in your mind. It'll be a little mind movie that you got going on with that. And then just come back the next week for episodes 137 and 138. Eight. Uh, but if you want to get involved, like I said, go over to the Patreon, sign up. Now, if you notice, I said 135, 136. Me and Brandon will still be having our upcoming Monday show, uh, but then the next week ends up Patreon only. Now, I'll give you a little hint. Uh, this is something that usually if somebody's trying to sell something, you try not to give people hints like this. But if you wait until February 1st, that is that Saturday, I believe, you end up signing up then. You will not be charged until March 1st. You end up getting a month-long free trial, basically. And if you decide it's not for you and you end up canceling before March 1st, then you don't ever get charged at all. We don't charge you up front. Some Patreons do. I don't like that because you never get to sample the stuff first. What happens if you don't like it? So I give you the benefit that if you sign up and you kind of check out the things, and really you can check out hundreds of shows. We're almost up to a thousand shows total of different podcasts. So you can check those things out. And then March 1st, before you're like, ah, it's not for me, then you just quit and you'll never be charged. But I hope that we have enough things to end up, you know, inspiring people to stick around. Now, I will tell you the Patreon-only full shows, the ones that would normally be on the regular feed, episodes 135 and 136, they are available to all levels. It it starts at a dollar. So if you wanted to just support us and give us a dollar and get those shows, and each time there is a annuals week, fifth Wednesday, you get those as well. Plus, I I like to throw some things out there for the one dollar thing anyway, because I appreciate even that. So that's that. I just wanted to let you guys know then. So we'll talk about it again on Monday. But we're here to talk comics. We're not here to talk this nonsense, right? And the two comics I said, Amazing Spider-Man and Captain Marvel, we're going to be doing. I'm going to start with Captain Marvel right about now. All right. And it is Captain Marvel number 14, The Last Avenger Part 3. It is written by Kelly Thompson, art by Lee Agarbit. Colors by Tamara Bonvillon and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And yes, indeed, Tamara Bonvillon has blocked us. She has for a long time. Thank you, Tamara. And here is the recap. Born decree mother and a human father, former U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers, became a superhero when a Kree device activated her latent powers. Since then, she's become an Avenger and Earth's mightiest hero. But... That was before she murdered Thor and presented his decapitated head to Vox Supreme, a mutated Kree who recently wiped out almost the entire inhuman race that was in Death of the Inhumans. Vox has given Carol 24 hours to kill the core Avengers, and if she refuses, he'll set off the bombs he's hidden in highly populated areas on Earth. Also seem to be Kree refugee centers to ensure her compliance. Vox has fitted her with a suit that monitors her location and audio. After taking down Thor, Carol disarmed Iron Man, but instead of killing him, 
She tossed him inside the entity known as Singularity, a sentient pocket dimension where he joined a very much alive Thor. To buy time to stop Vox, Carol is using clone bodies of the Avengers hidden away by the now-defunct S.H.I.E.L.D. But the ruse won't work for long, and she still has four Avengers to deliver. And so you start off with, inside the singularity, Thor freaking out, number one. And the the big thing with Thor is kind of triggered by and messed up by is the idea that, yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. did clone a god, but, but why just his head? And it's funny, you go back and look, and for some reason I didn't even notice, even though you did see her present the head to Vox when she supposedly killed Thor. Uh, But then you look back, and it it was. It was just a floating head. And so it's a pretty cool setup. It it really is. And I'm enjoying this last Avenger deal, though now we're at the third part. It's kind of rinse and repeat. You end up killing Thor. That's the big wow moment. Oh, my goodness. Thor, he got decapitated. How is this happening? How is this going to be, you know, figured out? Once you figure out, once you see that she did end up getting these clone bodies that S.H.I.E.L.D. did have, it that lessens it a bit. But also, you get Thor, then you get Iron Man, and now you're going to go after more. And so, like I said, it is kind of a... You know, okay, she's been there, done that already. Um, But she is showing Thor and Tony, you know, these clone bodies. They're a little freaked out about it. But she also says, I got to get back. You know, I'm here to tell you what's what. Which, again, she doesn't really need to. They are in this pocket dimension, this singularity. But Kelly Thompson's using this time to catch up as well. So it's more for us than, say, a Tony or Thor. She could have just left them there. And then eventually come back, and maybe they'd be a little more ticked off, you know, they'd be upset. But still, she keeps saying, too, and it's almost like as you're reading it, like, come on, Carol, get out of there. She keeps saying, well, you know, I I can't just have you around. I pretend that you're dead. I get these clones and take it to Vox. But in the meantime, I kind of pop in here to talk to you guys, but that can only be for a little bit because my suit's monitored. And I kept thinking, well, number one, you keep saying, get out. Number two, well, what is he going to think when you disappear? And I thought, well, maybe he just doesn't see it very quickly or if it happens quick enough, he just thinks, well, it just kind of, we lost transmission. We lost Wi-Fi is what we did. We don't have service. That's not the case. He does become aware. At the end, he does show us that he's aware when she does blink out and even thinking to himself and another voice with him saying, you know, she must be plotting against us, but... It's all part of the plan. And and so you, you end up having this, like, you're trying to figure out what the plan is. Carol kind of tries to get it out of Vox. Uh, you don't end up getting the plan. Basically, he says, oh, so you want me to monologue my plan? You know, that's, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not dumb. Uh, and it is Vox Supreme. It is the Intelligence Supreme or Supreme Intelligence mixed with Vox that we had from the Death in Humans. Again, a pretty cool concept, but I don't know that, Everything is spelled out, so we have to see what's going on. But at the end, you would think that it is the Supreme Intelligence talking to him as well as they're sharing a deal. Um, But yeah, she's telling Tony and Thor, just calm down. I'm going to do this. I got to do this for all these, even when they say, well, why are we doing this? I mean, it is Tony Stark, Iron Man and Thor. In their mind, all you do. And, And Carol, I mean, she's got a little couple powers herself. How about the three of us just go now? Why don't we just go attack him, attack Vox, just bring him down? This seems easy. It's one guy against, uh, you know, a god, the ultimate weapon, and, and Tony Stark. So 
why don't we do that? And she says, you know, as a recap, but also to let them know as well, you can't. Because if we do that, the minute that we come out of the singularity, he's going to blow up these bombs. I have to just delay this. I have to give him what he wants. I don't know that we're going to go full out all the bodies. There is a little bit of a problem when we get to the end, if, if she's going down the line of the bodies as well, that I'll tell you in a minute. But you can't do that until I find out. I'm going to try to work on where these bombs are. I want to disarm them. And once we disarm them, then game's on. We're going to go and kick crap out of them. Now, the problem is if it keeps going down the line, you see all these bodies. Robbie Reyes is not one of them. And they end up having Clint, Clint Barton. And even Tony said, that Clint over there, what's he doing? I think it actually threw him. What's he doing over there? Like, and oh, well, they don't have Robbie. And they're trying to figure out why they wouldn't have Robbie. And it's one well, you know, Tony's kind of, well, he's speculating that it's because he has the, you know, spirit of vengeance there is not exactly part of his DNA. So if you clone a Robbie Reyes, you're just going to get Robbie Reyes. That's what he thinks in Shields kind of deal. They don't need that. Well, you know, that's a good enough explanation for me. What I want to know is what Vox is doing with these bodies and whatever the plan is i don't know that carol's fully figured out the end game of i don't know that it matters to vox if you're getting clones or not yes carol is not going to kill her friends and teammates so that's why she's doing this but it's almost like you're getting the idea that she really thinks that she's one-upping and duping vox out of everything like oh you know he's gonna think he has the real version but he has the clones and I don't really think he cares about that. It's still their DNA, whatever he's doing. We don't know what that is. Um, But, yeah, she ends up grabbing this nude body of Tony Stark, sexy nude body of Tony. And, in fact, when she goes and attacks Tony in the last issue to get him in the singularity, pretend that she's killed him, he's in the crazy nightgown and stuff that he's still in now with Thor. Uh, But, yeah, she gets the clone body of Tony, gets him across the shoulder turns around and it's pretty much his naked butt cheeks uh, staring at both Thor and Tony. Like, really? You have to carry me like that? And like, yeah, there's really no other way. We're, we're getting out of here. I'm taking your nude body and I'm going with it. I'm going to go back to Vox. And she does. She goes back to Vox on the moon. He has his base on the moon. And she's like, Vox Supreme, here you go. Here's Tony Stark, Iron Man. And I'm like, all right. And then he says, what's taking you so long? I mean, time's ticking. You still have a lot of Avengers now. And it is really pretty much taking you half of a day. She only has 24 hours. It's taking you 12 to get these two. Now, if I was her, I'd play up the idea of, well, one's a god. That's that's a tough deal. And, and Tony Stark as well. You know, he's pretty tough. So I went for these two first. Now we'll deal with the others. And I think the others will be easier even though they, they probably aren't. But, uh, you know, you have all this. And because he can monitor the suit when she's not in the singularity and she can't be in there that long, it is one of those where she can't just show up and say, like, hey, Black Panther, you want to pretend you're dead and I'll throw you in the singularity and we'll have a good old time. She does come in hot and heavy. Every time she does come in because of the suit being changed, the Avengers don't know it's her. We kind of play with that each time. Again, though, kind of going with the idea of a rinse and repeat because now she's going after Black Panther. Now, Black Panther kind of has figured out that something's going on. So he ends up going to a pretty remote Palo Alto, outside of Palo Alto, and is waiting for us. That's kind of a trap. He ends up having one of his Wakandian laser rifles, ends up shooting Carol. Now, 
we know, especially from this arc, that's just going to power up. You know, this kinetic deal, the kinetic suit is just going to power up from these shots. And he keeps doing it. And she says to herself, this is all through her monologuing to herself, I, I can kind of power blast him here, but I don't want to do it too quick. I have to do it to take him down because I don't need the nonsense of him knowing it's me. Start trying to, you know, this has to be quick. This has to be very quick since she isn't really killing them. She has to pretend and get them in the singularity. So she ends up waiting, waiting, waiting. Uh, he ends up powering up by shooting. But then they have an extended, pretty much hand-to-hand combat, hand-to-fist, hand-to-face, foot-to-face. It's all that going on with Black Panther uh, until she pretty much blasts him into and shocking him with a giant power tower uh and he she even says the the thing is the same with t'challa as it is with tony you got to get the suit the suit is the big biggest obstacle that's what you have to take down and she does she ends up fritzing it out by pretty much electrocuting uh black panther then falls and i mean he is smoking and i'm not talking that he's picked up a bad habit he's not vaping he's literally smoking he's on fire a little bit at this point and she ends up okay this is the plan now to get him in the singularity very quick. When she's in the singularity, that's where the clone bodies are. So it's the switcheroo. I mean, it's pretty much the closet where, boom, throw the body and grab the other one, go out. Oh, here I am. Now, again, it's it's weird to me because, again, Vox can track what's going on and hear things and all that. You almost want to end, you know, the things in space that makes it easier to kind of glitz in and out. But she's there. She makes sure he's alive. She's going to then switch out the body until she gets hit from behind and pretty much you know, seems to be knocked about three miles uh, down the line. Uh, you can guess who it is right away, especially you see the hand. I mean, it's not a surprise, though. That's kind of how you play it with the page turn of it being She-Hulk, who just says Hulk smashy time. And she looks humongous. I, if you think she looks big, in, say, the Avengers book, you haven't seen nothing yet. She is huge here. Um, so the problem being, though, now she has to deal with She-Hulk when she just really wants to go one, two, three, four, five, down the line and switch out bodies, do that, makes it easier. But now you're afraid that a Black Panther will wake up. He's passed up, but he'll wake up, rechart, all that. And now this is going to throw a little wrench in the works. Now, uh, when she did take Tony back and Vox started talking crap about how long it was taking her, uh, what ended up happening, too, is she looked over his shoulder and saw some computer monitors that did seem to spell out all of the sites that they made blast. They even said, you know, hey, you want me to blast another one and get you inspired here if you really want me because he did end up and that's one of the things i think that you have more at marvel than at dc some of these villains who say you know i have all these things going bombs at these shelters and if you don't do something i'm gonna blow them up and legitimately human lives will be lost and they'll all be on your hands and then you have the the hero well let me think about it but boom they blow it up Vox blows them up. You have Carol with blood on her hands, pretty much why she's doing this. And it really sets that emotion of the stakes. But she's desperately, she's looking at these, trying to kind of get to where these things are. Maybe they are the sites we'll, we'll have to see. You would assume that they are. But yeah, and when she left, 
He did end up having Vox talk to the other voice in his head. Uh, again, I think it's the Supreme Intelligence and saying, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're going to do this. He, Vox is saying maybe we should blow something up, whatever, because he does reveal to himself and the whole deal. We're going to blow up these bombs anyway. We're we're not really on the up and up. You know, he's a villain. And usually villains don't care. Like, it's one of those where you, you hardly see a story where a villain says you have to do one, two, three, four, all those four things. You have to do it in a certain time. The hero does it. They come back. They shake hands and, and leave. Say, okay, well, I got what I wanted. I won't blow up anything. Shake on it. Let's go. All right. Let's put it in writing. Maybe sign some contracts. I, no, no, no. They they usually end up trying to blow them up anyway. And I think, obviously, Carol knows that that is a very distinct possibility. Is why she's trying to figure things out on the fly. And when you were in the singularity with Tony and Thor, she even said to Tony, listen, th- this is improvising. I, I'm at the line. I'm calling audibles here. Uh, the problem is I really can't see the defense yet. So these audibles that I'm calling, they may not work. I'll call run a sweep to the right. Well, they may have the line stacked on that side. I'm going to have to just kind of play it by ear. And yeah, it may seem like a dumb plan. I just, I don't have time for another plan. We're going to go do this. So it's good. And and I really like it. Again, it's one of those weird things where trying to trying to catch up with something, start reading it. And, you know, oh my, this, this is hitting. You, you get the idea. All right, I read a couple issues, and I really do like this. So, yeah, I want to talk about it. I know that Brandon's not going to catch up, and he doesn't really like this book. I was liking it at the beginning. I kind of fell off of it. Uh, and, and again, since we're also doing Star, which will probably shift to my deal for this you know, weekday show, the late weekday show, uh, I do kind of want to go with the Captain Marvel as well, who I really do like. Brandon doesn't. So as I'm reading, like, yeah, all right. And I am getting up to this. Last Avenger story. So I read the first issue. I'm like, boy, that that was really good. I read the second issue. That was good too. Read this third one. Still good. It's just not as good as the first one. The first one to me was the best one so far, this three issues that came out. So it does kind of stink. And I'm hoping it's not going to continue being diminishing returns. I hope that we end up with next issue it hits. And because I'm still like, I'm still going to give it an eight out of 10. I still think it's very well done. I think that first one, though, might have been an 8-8 eight, eight or a 9. I liked it that much and was real fired up. And I'm like, all right, so we get to this. And unfortunately, it is a little, you know, bit down because it's more set up, this one. There's a lot of exposition telling you the plans and things like that. But overall, I think it's something that if you do want to check it out, if you end up like, man, that sounds okay. I'd like to, you know, all you have to do is start with issue 12, really, for this story. And you're pretty much no carol and all these things the things that you missed you missed in the star book kind of caught you up a little as well if you're reading that but you can just go with this and i i think that it's very well served i think that it's very well done so like i said eight out of ten i'm pretty good with with that one and now we're going to talk and i want to do this kind of on the fly sometimes i stop between books and i don't know it gets a little disjointed sometimes but i'm not going to do that right now i'm going right into this Fingers crossed, because I do not like to edit things. I'm a lazy man. I like to talk, but I don't like to edit. That's nonsense talk. And this is The Amazing Spider-Man number 38. It is written by Nick Spencer, art by Ivan Coelho, colors by Brian Reber, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. 
Spider-Man's enjoyed some success lately, working alongside his sister, former S.H.I.E.L.D. operative Teresa Parker. Among other things, they've prevented war between the nations of Latveria and Simcaria. I don't know, they still might be on the brink of that, but Simcaria will hopefully enjoy more stability now that its protector, Spidey's friend Silver Sable, has some infinity formula, quote-unquote obtained with the help of her partner, Foreigner, to heal her critical injuries. Meanwhile, J. Jonah Jameson has been supporting Webhead by heaping disdain on other things. You know, other things he can yell at, like clouds. Still, his star has been falling. We end up seeing he's uh, getting punked by the morning Zeus over at this deal. But Nora Roberts, once fired from the Daily Bugle for letting her enthusiasm for headlines get in the way of fact-checking, just came from the West Coast with a lucrative offer. J.J. couldn't turn down. And yeah, that, that's pretty much J.J. going to the first day of his job. It's pretty funny. And and I love J.J. And I was really looking forward to what he was going to do. I really thought we were going to get more of a podcast deal. But what he's doing is he's pretty much with Nora running a BuzzFeed deal, a lot of lists, a lot of clickbait. We spelled that out the last issue that I talked about on the Monday show. He is pretty much known, or at least by Nora, is the idea. He is the founder of the clickbait. Everything was a menace. She even pointed out during it when he said, oh, no, no. And, and you know, Jonah, he's the one who is somebody could be doing the exact same thing as him and he'll get mad and say i didn't do it like that but he is the guy who ended up funding villains and creating villains just so that you get spider-man out and to say he's a menace and put it on you know the front page of the daily bugle well he ends up showing for his first day and he's in near hudson yards in manhattan and he shows up almost gets run over by a kid on a scooter who happens to be the big IT, the algorithm guy. This guy can get you lots of clicks and he can get the retweets and he knows how to work the Facebooks and the things and uh, GeoCities and the MySpace, right? Those are things still. And he's mad too because he ends up where Nora's like, no, 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 you know, he, he's Jorge. He's the guy. He's a specialist. This guy is, is the best at what he does. And I have Jonah. He, this moron works here, really? Like, he's a menace. And he just starts in. This is what he does. Everything now besides Spider-Man is a menace. Uh, but yeah, they go in and what the a company's name is, is TNM Threats and Menaces. It is pretty much set up for Jay Jonah to go in and just go, you know, with the, he's just running. The minute that he goes, but he goes in and there's all these, Young guys and gals working there, and Jay Jonah's mad. He ends up like, really, all these kids are what they do? And he says they have more piercings than credentials. I'm a, a great guy. Even as he's coming up before he ends up having Nora show up, he, he's almost like, well, he isn't almost like he is. Oh, let me think of my speech I'm going to use, because when I go in there, I'm sure they're going to stand and start applauding. Because I'm J. Jonas Jameson. I mean, I am a legend. I'm a living legend. And these people, they're going to be in all of me. I'm just going to walk around. They're going to hand me slices of pizza, ribs even, ribs that you could eat right there. And then use your shirt to wipe off your hands because then they'll give you a new shirt. I mean, this that's my dream. I mean, now you're seeing what dreams I have. It all involves people handing me food. And then me being able to be a slob and somehow they fix it. I don't want to fix it again. I said I'm a lazy guy. Also on the whole 30 diet, 
and think of all the crazy food that I can't eat 24-7. But, see, you're, you're going in, and he doesn't. It is one of those classics where the guy who appears to be like the male guy, he comes by with a cart. It has some coffee on it. Jay Jonah grabs it. He goes to drink it, and he's like, <sighs> he spits it out on this other guy. And like, what is this garbage? And, of course, it's one of those fancy coffees that, you know, the store-bought coffees. It's a caramel macchiato, uh, which I don't even know what that is. And neither does Jay Jonah. And it's like, what? Like, who gave this to me? This is all one the guy's like, well, it was mine. It wasn't even yours. So, really. Uh, and it's funny, too, as you have a little cutaways where you have where Nora even says, and Jay Jonah's like, these people, like you said, more piercings than credentials. This is nonsense. They're nothing. I'm a huge guy. All this stuff. And yeah, Nora's like, no, no, no. You know, pretty much these are freelancers. They're college kids. They're working kind of for free, pretty much. Uh, it's a pretty cool deal. It's a little scam if you want, but this is it's a legal scam. Jay Jones like, well, that's that. And then you look back, it's Peter. I got fresh photos of, uh, you know, Spider-Man stopping the juggernaut. And you end up having Jonah. Yeah, whatever. 50 bucks. Take it or leave it. So he's been doing this again. He's a trailblazer. He even goes over. Now, it's one of those things, too. I've had some people talk to me about this. And, okay, what is Nick Spencer going for here? Who is he making fun of? Well, for the uh, big part, he's making fun of J. Jonah Jameson, who is stuck in his old ways. Prince dead, but he'll never admit that. He's a real newspaper man. And so when he gets there and there's a girl there with her, her beanie cap on, she's got a dog on the desk and, Jay Jones like, well, what the hell's going on here? I mean, you can't have animals in here. What's this dog doing? And she's like, no, no, no. This is friendly atmosphere. This is a pet-friendly atmosphere. You can have pets. In the meantime, that's fine. That could be, and I should have the sound of the okay boomer, because it does seem at a point where there is a Nick Spencer who is really railing into old people, maybe editors that he worked with, maybe some of these older combo guys that are saying, yeah, you can't. You're doing things nonsense. Like the way I do it is right. And then they could just come back and say, well, the way you're doing it's dead. But the problem is, is there's also that bit where what they're doing here at the classic TNM threats and menaces is not exactly the greatest news stuff. It's also poking fun at that. It's poking fun, like I said, a lot of the news feed and it's giving you the rundown it's it's giving you the blueprint the almost like the hierarchy of how these things work you end up making up a headline that is really outrageous one of these is captain america still in hydra and you know and that's the shock shock and all so you put that out when you put that out then you go with the people who are retweeting oh my god but then you also center on you need some comments you need people to get fired up but fired up in a good and bad way and really shows the bad and really shows you that, yeah, a lot of these sites are the idea of any comment, any presses is great press. And when you start getting somebody arguing about like, oh, you're a bunch of bullcrap, Cap didn't do that. Well, that just starts the string going just as much as, yeah, I believe you. And in fact, the the people fired up, that's what's really, really going to end up doing. You also see where one of the guys triggered in this about Ken. <laughs> It's Bucky. He's on his computer. How dare you jerks? Cap's a hero. He's there typing away. Uh, but yeah, it's this whole idea where they say, 
even you leave uh, angry comments, these people had cycles like that for a day or two, then that's dead, and then you start again. And as this is going, all these people that are working here, they're just working in ten, you know, you're getting that headline that leads to that headline that goes to that headline that's clickbait. There's your list. And you said it's a it's a machine that is in motion and a machine of nonsense and clickbaiting. And I think that it's kind of a weird thing that you're going with both sides because if you're gonna kind of go with one person, you're gonna go with Jay Jonah in this point anyway. Where yeah, he's out of touch. He's a guy who's a, a guy in print, all that stuff, but. He has a kind of evolved a little. These people are awful clickbaiters, which you're not hurting anybody except me, because what happens with me is I'm fooled by clickbait constantly. I don't care what it says. I will do. If it says you'll never know what Frankie Munoz looks like now, well, all of a sudden at that moment, I realize that I have been wondering what Frankie Munoz looks like. And then I go and it's 17 million other things besides Frankie Munoz ranging from the, the girl who played Small Wonder to J.J. Walker yelling dynamite. I don't know how they tie into this, but somehow now I'm intrigued, but I don't. I'm at like page 78. There's no sign of Frankie Munoz. I would even go with somebody that was in Malcolm in the Middle, maybe even, you know, Agent Cody Banks. None of those. And I'll still click. I should just bail then. Go to Google. And Frankie Munoz looks like now I could look it up right there in Google Images. I'm I'm Mr. Clickbait going, oh my. And it's always where, or you'll never guess why this person isn't working in Hollywood anymore. And then after, you know, 15 things, I realize that that they're talking uh, about, I don't know, Humphrey Bogart. He's been dead for years. That's the reason. He's dead. I find that out after clickbait. Oh my, I'm triggered by the clickbait. But... You end up seeing Jay Jonah that he doesn't like. It's almost like he just doesn't like what he doesn't understand. And he doesn't like what he isn't looked at as the innovator. But they do keep pushing it. Nora keeps pushing it. The idea of this has always been your idea. You did this before it even was an idea. So really, isn't this great? But you got to start talking bad about Spider-Man again. He's like, I told you, that's that's the one thing. Not talking bad about Spider-Man. I'll talk about scooters. Uh, I'll yell at kids who go on my lawn. Uh, I'll, I'll be pissed off about the price of a stamp. But I'm not going to talk bad on Spider-Man. Well, at that exact moment, you get a little news. You get a little text. And Nora, that Spider-Man is indeed running from the cops because he's just robbed the bank. Uh, with that, Jay Jonas says, I still don't care. I'm going to go find Spidey. And I'm going to see what's going on because some explanation has to be that he's not bad. He's doing this for something else. He is. Uh, but, you know, they don't care. They want to do that. But Jay Jonas says, hey, listen, I'm going to do what, you know, we old guys end up doing. Okay, Boomer. We're going to end up. Yeah, I'm going to walk and see what's going on. I'm actually going to check out facts. I'm going to see what the story is. I'm not just going to make up headlines. And he does then go off as Spidey is swinging around with some bank, you know, bundles there with money in it. He starts to explain because he says, I, I kind of have an anti-bank robbing policy as Spider-Man. I don't know if people know that, but he does. He goes off and you kind of get the idea that it would be involved with Teresa's sister. And it is. Uh, he ended up, this is all this stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D., black market stuff, Chameleon, who we've had recently in the book where he is kind of pushing 
the whole idea where he's telling them where to go, where to get the stuff. And it did lead to the safety deposit box at a bank. And you end up where it is adaptive counterfeit currency. Pretty cool where you end up having counterfeit money that just will adapt probably to wherever you are, whatever time you are. This is big. Uh, And it is from a bunch of crazy villain bankers called Pluto. Uh, They're not so happy about this. And they are chasing down Spidey. Uh, and he's just swinging around there in a helicopter shooting at him. Now we do go off for a second to go see Silver Sable. Now that she is being cured, she does have to kind of work the rehab to get back into shape, things like that, so that she can pretty much go and rule her country uh, instead of that princess that uh, ended up with her before. And she ends up going, and she's walking. And then you have Foreigner, who's been there you know, every step of the way at this point, trying to get her into shape, trying to do this. But he's like, listen, my love, I have to go off. I, I can't just sit around here and watch you uh, try to walk. That's fine and all. And I, I, I really am supportive, and I, I'm thinking only of you. But I have to go. I have another engagement we find out. He's just going to this underhanded, uh, invisible-like, crazy villain casino where he's got the girls on his arms. He's got two ladies on his arms. He's walking around all snazzy in his suit. He ends up going and finding Chance, who is the guy who has kind of got this villain casino going called The Palace. Uh, And it's kind of funny where you have this, where they're playing all sorts of games. I wish one of them, you know, might have been hopscotch. I could have joined in, but one of those is there. They're kind of playing poker. Modoc's there. Uh, there's a lot of Mr. Sinister. There's a lot of villains around one, maybe Santa Claus, you know, but they're all playing. They're playing roulette. They're all doing these things. It's little tongue in cheek things as you go through. This is pretty funny. But where you end up getting the foreigner involved is they have sports betting, but the sports betting is more meta superhero betting where you end up being able to go in this room. You have cameras watching all of the superheroes at all times and you can take bets. You know, hey, you, you, if you would say, have a juggernaut go against Spidey, you're like, okay, I got a, a million dollars on the unstoppable juggernaut. And, you know, you have all that. But there's also other plays you can go with because you have foreigners like, ah, I'm not going to get into that. And especially Spider Man. I mean, he's being chased by these Pluto guys. But Spider Man, you know, kind of lost some money on him before. I'd never bet against him, all these sort of things. And, you end up having chance say, well, wait a second, because we also have these side bets. You know, you have the Super Bowl where you can bet on the length of the national anthem. Well, you can bet on the amount of time that it will take for Pluto to or just the fight tan, not even Pluto take down Spidey, Spidey take down. It's just, OK, you know, there's over unders, all this. And you do end up having foreigner. You know what? That sounds pretty cool. I mean, this is pretty unique. I, I I think this is great. So yeah, I put me down, and it's crazy too because there you have the foreigner. He's got some money and all, but and he's like, okay, you've done this chance. You, you got my interest. Now let's go. Uh, put me down for ten million on all the unders. And so then they're sitting and watching, and I think it's kind of a a, a funny little clever way to involve you know something with the foreigner, seeing that he's not exactly the greatest guy. So he he ends up telling. You know, Silver Sable, hey, I can't stay with you, which she really needs the support and would really love it. And he just goes off to this gambling, the palace deal for the villain. So, but then you still get to see Spidey because they're watching the fight and they're watching the fight. You have some bets on it. Uh, the problem is Chance, he don't leave anything up to Chance. He ends up deploying drones 
that end up then going off to kind of hinder Spider-Man. It's not fair, but that's how the house plays the game here. You do end up with Foreigner losing all his money because he did bet on this. Now, while this is going on, there is another thing that kind of delays Spider-Man getting away. Spider-Man, it's that Jay Jonah shows up riding that scooter that that other guy was riding at the beginning. He comes flying in on the scooter, gets crashes in and grabs Peter, Spider-Man, and might have saved him. Actually, he may have saved him at this point. You would guess that Spidey would have been able to get away, but he's dazed and a missile is coming for him. And Jay Jonah, in a, a very athletic move, I'll tell you, he comes one foot on the scooter, other foot off, you know, pushing as he grabs Peter by the back of the costume and pulls him away from that missile. Uh, but it's almost like the Incredibles with, you know, Mr. Incredible telling Buddy to go home. Spider-Man has been saved by Jay Jonah, but Jay Jonah can't be hanging around something like this. He says, you got to go. You got to get out of here. Well, Jay Jonah's mad. And he says, listen, you promised me that you were going to be the good guy. We're a team. You tell me what's going on. I'm your guy in the chair. This is why I've changed all of my MO. This is why I'm now working for a crazy clickbait deal. Because without me being able to yell you're a menace, I'm kind of losing my sizzle. So you, you lied to me. This is ridiculous. And you do get a good recap of showing that Jay Jonah knows that Spider-Man's Peter. That is when he changed his tune. He loves Peter. He can't just sit there and say Peter's a menace because once he knew that Peter was Spider-Man, then he realized, oh, mom, you know, all those things of being a bad guy, they can't be true because Peter wouldn't do that. I was just kind of using Spider-Man as a tool for me to be famous and me to sell the newspaper. So he realized that you do see that. Also see that Peter agrees. He did tell Jay Jonah all this. He did promise him that they were going to be a team and that he would be the guy in the chair. So he has to come clean as the, you know, he's still being under attack pretty much and all this stuff going on. You end up where he's got to tell him quick and he says, all right, listen, I'm on a secret shield mission. Jay Jonah's like, shield's defunct. And he's like, listen, you know, tell everybody else that. But also we got the chameleon who stole shield tech. I'm helping get it back. I'm helping to go get this stuff back. This bank is a front for Pluto. They're trying to bounce back from Black Cat Swindlum last month. That wasn't Black Cat Annual. We did see. If you read it, I did. And I talked about it on the podcast. And it's like, I'm trying to do this. This is all in the up and up. I'm not a bank robber. This is how I'm doing it. You see Jay Jonah, he's got this huge smile. That tracks, so what can I do? And he's all excited, like, what am, what am I going to be involved with this? We're, we're a team, right? Man in the chair. And Spidey's like, you got to leave. That's what you got to do. You know what you got to do? You got to live and not get hurt. So you get out of here. There's too many guys coming at me. Please, you got to get out of here. Yeah, so you end up having all the pluto guys attacking as jay jonah goes off and i say it's just so funny seeing him on a scooter but he goes off in the scooter and now he's gonna fight uh, the drones and pluto and all this going on as you have the foreigner and chance at the palace seeing if they're gonna do it in time if it takes too long you end up having pluto or not pluto you end up having chance win uh whether or not whoever wins the fight pluto or spider-man and jay jonah pretty much screwed the foreigner uh, because it took too long it took too long you would have been able to do this because pete does end up just you know beating them he ends up winning the battle a second too late foreigner loses money he chance yells the house wins foreigner goes off really po'd you end the issue 
with Spidey sitting there. He thinks, all right, we're doing the job. We're doing the good job, me and my sister. And I like the interaction with him and his sister. Uh, a couple issues. I think it might have even just been last issue where you set all this up, where Spider-Man's going around with Teresa and he's like, yeah, this spy stuff must be in our blood. Peter's terrible at it. He's so bad. And he realized, like, yeah, maybe it isn't. Um, but he ended up doing this. He got the mission done. Teresa calls and she's like, what don't you get about top secret? I told you this had to be on the down low. We can't do this. Like all this stuff can't be told to people. Peter's like, what are you talking about? I, I don't understand. Check your phone. Look on your phone and see the big clickbait is Spider-Man just saved us all from a shield cover up. Here's why. And then even says my old worst enemy is back and even scarier. And it is Jay Jonah and Peter has his hand in his, you know, his his hands there over his eyes thinking, I know he's trying to do the right thing, but really he's ruining it. And then you see Jay Jonah at the computer. I did it. Jay Jonah Jameson saves the day. And it says to be continued. And that's it. And I, I like this issue. I love Jay Jonah. I love I actually really like Teresa with Peter, though you don't get that much here. Jay Jonah's the the big thing in this. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 7.5. It is not exactly the biggest story to tell. And there's a lot of stories out there in this run. You have Nick Spencer, who does seem to not like to end stories. Obviously, the big one's Kindred. You have that kind of hanging out. You get nothing about that here. You also had set up this whole clairvoyant story with being able to look into the multiverse, pull things to kind of predict the future at a high rate, not 100%. To avoid the whole Civil War II problem and things like that. You have that hanging out there. You end up having pretty much Doom stuff and Silver Sable stuff. And that is a little bit in here. But everything kind of goes a little further ahead. But a lot of times you just kind of, okay, we won't deal with that. Then we get back to that. Then we do this. So even though I love seeing Jay Jonah, there is that thing there. I, I want some of these stories to end. And maybe a Jay Jonah Jameson going to a clickbait deal. Might have been something that could have waited a little longer so that we can get at least one of these other things tied up. But still, it's fun. And I guess you can also complain in this issue there's not a ton of Spider-Man, but J. Jones is the winner here. He's solid gold in this, so I don't mind with that. So, yes, 7-5 I'll go with. And, uh, yeah, I really like both the books I talked about tonight. Now, in the meantime, I'm trying to catch up and a lot of things so that I can really mix it up on Fridays. I know that the song at the beginning uh, does say that we do two books, never three. That's probably a lie. I think that I'm going to start doing three. There's too many books that come out that I like now, and I want to kind of get involved in a lot of those. And that's why I'm catching up on things, including the X-Books, where I'm desperately trying to get myself situated there so I can start talking about those as well. But other things like a Jane Foster Valkyrie, uh, a Ghost Spider, stuff like that that actually I didn't read or fell off of and read, and I'm really enjoying. So I'm going to pretty much try to read everything. That's what we do over at the DC thing, and that helps out overall anyway because you kind of Mix and match things. You have crossovers. You have references and things like that. And I like to be in the know. So I'm going to do that. But that's it. That is the end of the show. It's very late. I am very tired. I say that every time I podcast any time. Because usually when I get done these things, it's usually around 2 or 3 a.m. And that's not a way to to keep your pants up, right? That's not a way to wear your socks. So I got to 
figure out maybe record a little earlier i i guess it doesn't need a lot of figuring out i i think i just solved the problem it's just that i have five kids and a lot of times the house is not so quiet until 2 a.m so that's how i do it but thank you for listening to episode 133 Again, I'll tell you, you can go over to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics, follow us, follow you, all that stuff. You can go over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. I'd like to say the site would follow you back, but you don't even have to follow the site. Just check out the reviews, and the reviews will check out you. But we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can go and support us for what we do here. DC podcast, but also get a ton of other shows. And I really do. I, I will lay it on the line and say that I think that we may have one of the most content heavy Patreons that there might be. Now, obviously, there's going to be somebody out there crazier than me. They'll have more shows and then they can yell at me, but then they can yell at me. But we really do a lot of shows and we hope that we have a variety of them. We hope that it is not just quantity, but quality as well. I would let other people speak for that. I am not one to comment on my own stuff there or Eric's if he ever did it. But yeah, so you have that. That's shade, people. But you go over and just a reminder that next week's two podcasts, which are episodes 137 and 138, will be Patreon only. You can go and check those out by signing up at even the lowest level of a dollar. Uh, if you don't want to do that, if you're saying like that, that's not for me. Then you just wait another week and me and Brandon will be back. I'll be back for the Friday show on my son and by myself. So it's just getting late and the Monday show with me and Brandon. So that's up to you. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm not even going to beg. I, I don't want to beg. I just, I think that everything there is worth at least something to check out. But if it's not for you, you quit and tell me, give me the middle finger. I, I don't mind. Actually, I do. I'll cry, but that's fine. That, that's by myself. You'll never see it. I'll pretend that it's not happening, and you pretend you don't even know me, just like everybody else in this world. But thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed these two books, and check them out. They're really good. Uh, but I will talk to you in a couple of days when I'm back with episode 134 with Brandon on Monday.